0: Hello, everybody. It's Andrea Levoff coming at ya live from my closet, just like I do every other Tuesday. And, well, I wanted to jump on and do like a little alternate kind of intro for this podcast with Seth from Late Notes. You're going to love this episode. It is like chicken soup for the quarantine soul. You're going to love it. And Seth has a lot of smart, wise, caring, loving, soothing, just nice things to say. I just love Seth. And, I think this is perfect timing. So I hope you enjoy this listen. I also wanted to say that I'm going to be doing a lot more podcasting and this is a really good way to stay connected. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Uh, Leave a comment, send me a DM, give me a call, whatever you want. Let's stay connected during this time. And lastly, I'll say that, you know, this is a time where we all feel really out of control and that makes sense. But If you think about it, we're never really in control, are we? We're really not. It's just really obvious right now. So we're feeling it. So I would just say what I'm trying to do is trying to stay present. And right now, today, in this moment, I am healthy. I am fine. My family's fine. I'm here getting to talk to you guys. And I'm grateful. So I'm going to continue to focus on that. And I hope that you do too. But I'll have tons and tons of more tips And things that I'm doing to stay grounded that I will definitely share with you guys. And I don't know. Let's make the best of it, you know? All right. Let's get to listening to Seth. Love you guys. All right. I am here with Seth. And I can see him. We got our cameras to work. Yes. Yes. Technology. But I'm so happy to have (laughs) Seth here or there. But I can see him. You guys can't see him. But it's been a thing trying to get this scheduled because we're both parents. And, yes, you know, kids happen.
1: Oh my gosh, kids do happen.
0: But thank you so much for joining me.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm very I'm honored to be a part of of the show, the podcast.
0: So, introduce yourself. Um your listeners obviously know you, but my listeners may or may not. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and, you know, whatever you want to share.
1: I am a full-time working father of five. Uh, my wife and I live in a suburb of Salt Lake County in Utah. And we, I think, I think I, I've gained a little bit of notoriety by being kind of a dad doofus and <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, yeah. you know, I was raised kind of in this similar atmosphere. My dad was really fun growing up and always uh, shined a positive light on things. And so I started by writing notes for my late daughter. I got sick of writing the same old, please excuse Bella for being late. She was being passe about it. So I started trying to embarrass her intentionally with these notes. Mm-hmm. So I have a I have an Instagram ca- handle called at late notes. And uh, that's how it originated. I started writing these notes and I'd send these pictures back to my wife. She started the Instagram account. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of like a snowball rolled up. And then most recently been dressing up to drive my daughter and her let's call them high anxiety friends to a new middle school and junior high in the area. So I think it's one of those things where it started out trying to kind of relieve some of the anxiety they were feeling about going to a new school on the first day. And it again, has snowballed into this ridiculous kind of exercise of fun and, and hopefully making them smile on the way.
0: And I saw your most, your most recent one was um, the German guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. He was Steph a good on.
1: one. Yes, fun.
0: <laughs> how do you... So, I mean, there's a lot there, but how do you get your ideas for the characters? Like, do they just kind of emerge?
1: That, that's a good question because the first time I did it, it was very improv. Um, I saw my daughter was very... Like, you know when you see your kids and you know they are just filled with anxiety. You yeah. You know something is going on and they're very nervous about something. I saw that in her face and I knew the circumstances. And so I figured, well, I've, I got to take her mind off of it. So I had this top hat that I had de- decorated for one of my friends um, for a Kentucky Derby prep party earlier that year and it had flowers all over it. And I put it on and I started singing songs as if I were, and I called myself Silly Wonka. And I started singing <laughs> like the, the tunes from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, um, Gene Wilder, that version. And I just changed the lyrics to try to make her happy. And at least it distracted her. She was so bothered by it. But at the same time, it distracted her from the fact that um, she was doing it. And then people just started saying, oh, you know what you should be? You should do this. You should do this. And I thought, well, this could be a thing. It's kind of fun. I like it. And I I do it before work. So it's all right. right. And and that's where the, the ideas. So to answer that question, part of the ideas come from my wife and I think, oh, that's relevant. That's funny. And people email in or message in all the time. This is what you should do. And they're very good suggestions. A lot of the times, some of them are unrealistic, but it's <laughs> fun to hear everyone's um, takes. So
0: that's awesome. And do you so you have five, five children, you said?
1: Yeah, five. And
0: what are the ages?
1: So my, I have a sophomore daughter in college. She's almost 20 years old. Uh, 17-year-old senior in high school, 14-year-old Sophia in uh, ninth grade, which is middle school here, and she'll go to high school next year, and then Nolan, Nolan who is 10, and Liam or William, he is seven.
0: Okay. Oh wow. Full house. Yeah. Do all of your kids have? Um, you obviously have a good sense of humor. Do they all have? Do they all share that, or at least appreciate it?
1: Uh, yeah, most of the time. There's also moments where some of the girls can dish it really well, but they don't take it as well.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What are you saying, Seth?
1: No, (laughs) just, just my girls, by the way, that is not a general blanket statement. That is saying, I'm kidding. They're very good at, they are very good at teasing, but sometimes they don't like it. So we have, you know, ebbs and flows in the house, but we're all very, um, we take, we always kind of err on the side of oh let's make this into a joke just that's I think that's our nature. Nolan or my ten year old is probably the goofiest kid. He's probably the comedian of the household actually so
0: oh that's awesome. Yeah. Um we had a rule in my house for a long time that was if it's funny, you're not in trouble.
1: (laughs) That's a good rule. (laughs) That's a good rule.
0: I have such a hard time if it's if it's funny, I'm like oh man this is so funny. How I can't I can't you know, quote unquote, discipline you right now, because it's just too funny.
1: How was it? So how was that judged? Who was the jury there? Because I love that. I love to be able to say it. Well, most of us thought it was funny. So you got to be okay with it.
0: Yeah, I think I think I was the final say. I mean, I only have two. So and I think I was like the final the judge. But that is interesting. I don't know. My my daughter and son fight a lot. So I feel like they would it wouldn't be good if I let them vote because they'd always vote against the other one. Um, so I think I have to be the dictator in that.
1: Yeah, but I, I I like that. it would be
0: interesting with five, though, to just to kind of take a vote. I feel like there's enough. Uh,
1: yeah, there's a tiebreaker. There's a,
0: enough people. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Although my daughter, do- I think the, the, the youngest son, Liam, would be able to be swayed by, you know, certain members of the family. Right. He'd be like a swing vote that, that people could lobby uh, to anyway.
0: Right. So I'm talking to you at work. Um, I'm curious, what do your coworkers, do they know about your, um, your late notes handle and do they, do they talk to you about it? Do you keep it a secret? What's the, what's the deal there?
1: No, I, I mean, I would love the social anxiety part of myself, which I do have. I'm I'm kind of a functional introvert. I'm going to be honest. I like the energy that comes from creating. Um, but if I had my druthers around the office, I'd love it if nobody knew, but they know. And they'll come up to me, you know, sometimes around midday after they've watched the story during their break uh-huh. um, and say, oh, oh, so Stefan today. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I don't exactly know what to do. Do I go right into character? So, I think
0: so. I think that's the only option. I don't know.
1: That tends to be what I lean on is just, I just jump into character and make it fun. So, um, But they're, they're cool with it. They're cool about it as well because it is weird.
0: <laughs> it's weird, but it's kind of awesome. You know, like I have the same kind of thing. Like people will say, we'll be at a party or something. And so, do you know Yandria does dope ass mom on Instagram? And I don't necessarily do characters, but I don't know, maybe characters is almost easier because you're doing a character and I'm just being myself.
1: No, I agree with that. That and And yeah, you are dope. So it's like one of those things where I understand people being kind of interested in maybe a different take on either parenting or adulting or whatever it is. And so and, and and it and make no mistake, like what you do and the time it takes you for you to create it and to put it together and to put it out there, um, it's meaningful to a lot of people. And it's also if it were easy, everyone would do it, right? So right. you're doing something great. So you deserve that little bit of notoriety and respect in those party moments, like you just mentioned.
0: Oh, so. you're so sweet. Thank you. Well, same to you. Do you feel like it's a job? Like, do you feel that that part of your
1: the carpool fire or the Instagram any of
0: it. The Instagram. I know you said that your wife started posting it. Does she help you with it?
1: Yeah, she started posting it, and then I got like a call or a text from a friend that said, "Oh, I love your notes," and I'm like, "What?" Because <laughs> I wasn't very. I'm not. I wasn't in a social media savvy, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, there's the one about the frog and I'm like, "What? are you, How do you know about that?" And then he told me that I had a handle, and I figured it out. But I think, and I don't know if you feel the same way um, Instagram, social media is, it is a job and a job that I don't necessarily get paid for. So it's one of those things where I have to decide, you know, putting this content out there and letting people know, you know, here's something that I find amusing, or I'm going to try to make you smile today. It's not something that comes with like at the end of the two weeks, they say, hey, thanks for doing that Stefan thing. Here's a paycheck. It doesn't work that way. It's just kind of, you know, whether you think of it as building a brand or just, Trying to make the world a better place—it's, you know, it doesn't always come with the perks that people think like a. The, 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 well, the perks that would as- be associated with the time that it takes to put these things together, as you know. Yeah, so.
0: I would totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I joke. I say this is this is my job. This is what I'm not getting paid to do. <laughs>
1: <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great that, way of putting it.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's just a funny thing because it does take a lot of time, and I think with kids too, part of my job is to be on Instagram and engage on it. So I'm sitting there telling them not to be on their phones and, you know, not be addicted to their electronics. And here I am. It's just hard to find that balance, you know, to, to say, well, this is my job. And then, but you know, this is a job you can't have. (laughs) You need to do something else.
1: (laughs) You hit on a really good point too, because it, it is such a part of all of our lives. And to a degree, you know, everyone, You could be on there all day and you could neglect, you know, maybe the emotional needs or physical needs of your children and you'd be distracted and it's a real thing. Um, So setting kind of those parameters where like, I've got to do this for a set amount of time. It does become like a second job and a second job that by the way, I don't think either of us would do it if we didn't enjoy it and didn't enjoy the reactions of the people with whom we're connecting Um, or the input from them and the ideas and, and the feedback. And and that's what I love. It's kind of like it's, it's a rejuvenating part of it, but it is definitely effort that doesn't necessarily reflect itself in, you know, the ways that people think.
0: Agreed. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I think at least what keeps me going are the DMs and the, the comments and the, you know, where, where have you been? You didn't post today. You know, are you okay? I'm like, am I still here? Still here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the best part of it for me is the community. And, you know, I've had some opportunities that I probably wouldn't have had if I didn't have the Instagram that I've gotten to share with my kids. So that's cool too.
1: Definitely. that.
0: But yeah, it's a, it can be a time suck. I've had to set time limits and, you know, it does notice when I'm reaching for it and why I'm reaching for it. And I don't know, I read this interesting book recently called how to break up with your phone. (laughs) And it was talking about how Instagram and these apps are sort of um, as addicting as slot machines, meaning that for every pull you, you know, you pull the thing or you go on the app one out of 10, 15 times you're going to get like something good, you know, like quote unquote good, like a DM or something that's going to give you that hit of dopamine. And that's why we keep going back because we want that. But most of the time we're just getting, you know, someone's, you know. Post about whatever, and it's causing anxiety or whatever. And I don't. I've just been more aware of that lately.
1: That's interesting. What
0: What is that book? It's called How to Break Up with Your Phone. So not only does it, I like it because it doesn't just go through like why it's bad. It kind of then gives you steps if you decide to like do this detox. It kind of like lays it out there for you.
1: So I like that. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but when when you say how to break up with your phone, it sounds like. You're breaking up from, uh, it's it's teaching you how to break up from a very, maybe an unhealthy relationship with your phone, exactly. Yeah, still being friends afterwards, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's a little different. So it's not written from the perspective of someone that uses Instagram for their quote unquote job, right? It's, it's really written to the person that's just like, I think, on Instagram, which is, us is a little bit different because we kind of have to be. So her suggestion is just to delete all of these apps kind of off your phone, at least in the beginning, and then check them from your desktop because you're less likely to spend hours and hours, you know,
1: checking Instagram from your desktop
0: than you are your phone. But so anyway, it's take it or leave it. But I think she she'd make some interesting points.
1: I, I actually that that sounds very interesting because I do. I My wife and I actually we talk about this often that when our children see us in situations that maybe we could be more attentive and we're actually being more attentive to our our devices what kind of what is that teaching them um you know moving forward because so many of my habits good or bad are a reflection of the things I grew up seeing and um interacting with and i worry that if they're seeing little you know me taking little hits of this electronic dopamine are are they going to feel like oh well my my dad did this i need to do this as well and then be even more involved i don't know that's a, it's an interesting concept, but it's it, it that, that those kind of stresses as, as a parent. I know you, you feel this probably the same way. Um, I'm just like, what, what am I doing that is going to mess my kids up later I in know. life right now? Like, what the am answer I
0: doing? is something and it doesn't matter. I think it's always something, right? Like it, it has to be.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. The answer is something, but, but then I also wonder, you know, this carpool thing, is it good? For, is it going to be good for Sophie or is it going to be? Is this going to be something she looks back on and thinks, oh, man, that was a, I wish I could detach myself psychologically from that year <laughs> of middle school. I don't know.
0: Oh, man. I that saw German- way too
1: much of my dad in, with his shirt off driving my friend. In Lederhosen. Friends. Yeah. I don't know. So, I think
0: that they will look back and I don't know your kids, obviously, but it's such a, to me, it feels like such a fun And at least well-intentioned thing, which I think goes a long way with parents, right? We can at least look back and be like, "Well, they meant well."
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think that probably defines uh, this. My efforts probably best is I'm. I mean well. I hope it it is enjoyed by the kids and the audience. And at the end of the day, I'm going to keep doing it because I enjoy it. (laughs) And they seem to smile. But Sophie said, "Dad, don't ever do that ever again." I would stop. So, she's pretty open to it so far. And you said Bella
0: was the one that you started the late notes with because she was always late. And so tell me that story. What, what was happening? How old was she and what was the impetus for that?
1: Yeah, she was about Sophia's same age. She had gone through Sophia and Isabella actually at at similar times went through some rough friend patches, right? Uh Where there was almost a, a, we don't want you part of our friend group anymore. And as a reflection of that i think rough patch with a group of friends isabella became let's say a little more hesitant to wake up on time and to get to school on time we also lived far we had just moved so uh, there was not a bus that you now took her to school it was going to be our responsibility as parents to get her there and, and from school for the remainder of that school year um cuz she wanted to stay at her old junior high school which i appreciated so we um you know she wasn't, she was having a downtime and I was also having a downtime. I just lost my job. And so my wife was like, you need to start, you drive Bella to school. This is healthy for you. It's good for her. You guys can talk. Um, And so we started, you know, that, that became a habit, but she also didn't really care if she was late. And I would write a note, like I said, very benign note, like please excuse Bella for being late, you know, date signed me and send it in. Um, well, I got to the point where I was kind of frustrated. I'm like, I'm trying to put my professional life together. You need to start putting your junior high life together. How can we work together and make this happen? And I thought, well, I I'm, gonna, I'm she, has to send, she has to have this note. They almost, they will call us or they will, uh, the attendance office will find a way to contact us if she doesn't have some sort of a note. So I'm like, well, I'm going to send us in with something that the attendance office personnel can laugh at at least and that they can find, and they'll look at her and be like, who wrote this? Did you write this? Did your dad really write this? And she did. And I actually got a call cause I'd put my phone number at the bottom of them uh, originally. And I would get a call that said, did you, Seth, uh, this is so-and-so from the attendance off, did you write this note, indeed write this note? I'm like, yes, I did. And, uh, you know, it kind of went from there. She was embarrassed though. I was like, was my daughter embarrassed? And she said, yes, she was. And I said, good, mission accomplished. <laughs> the, the next day, after being late for, I don't know, seven days in a row, seven school days in a row. How, so
0: later, how late are we talking?
1: Um, not terribly late, but just kind of like, uh, if I either the choice of being on time or eating my breakfast here at the counter uh, before going, um, she's choosing eating her breakfast and being five minutes late, right? And got so it, trying to it. like okay. crack that whip was harder. It's not like she's missing the whole first, class of school yeah 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 um but yeah it just became that next day. she was on time you know but old habits die hard so she was late a few more times and goofy notes uh sent in with her as a result and she hated it but it worked and she she she's actually now one of the most punctual people you will ever meet that's
0: such a you know i might have to my daughter is so I, i mean I don't know if you've ever had a moment and I'm sure you have in parenting where you're like, did I just do that? Is that, am I allowed to do that? Like I've left her before. She's 10. Um, And I've, you know, driven around the block. Granted, I didn't stay gone for very long, but I'm like, you need to be on time. I'm leaving at 830. And so uh, one day I actually did leave and I drove around the block and I had this moment where I'm like, I might go to prison because I just, <laughs> you know, like it's possible. <laughs> but you know, I was so frustrated and the alternative was like me losing my, you know, shit and like yelling at her or I could do what I said I was going to do and just leave. But, you know, and that worked for a couple of days and but she's just late. And it to me, like being late is the worst thing in the world. So I don't know how to I don't know how to bridge that gap. I might try this
1: late note thing. You're more than welcome. I'll send. Uh, I I could send any amount of notes to you, and you can just sign your name to them.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. That's actually a good. You should think about doing that. Like selling your late notes.
1: A desk like calendar, a, a little
0: book of them. Yeah, a desk calendar or like. Yeah. You I'm not make opposed. A different, yeah.
1: I should. I should just start doing. You it. should
0: have readers write in, or I'm sorry, followers write in, and kind of suggest different situations, and then you could just make like a. You could tear them off like a little. Uh, you know, like a little calendar, and then we could sign them,
1: or like Mad Libs, where you just like, oh, this one's good. It's like it's winter oh, related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea.
0: Yeah, because it's hard. Ho- I don't know. It's hard to like. At the end of the day, it's not the worst thing in the world. But you, I do want to teach her like, uh, what's the word? Like executive functioning. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like these like just no, things where you I, can I like.
1: Totally agree. The world—that's how the world operates. I mean, right. You, there are certain standards that have been set, and sure, there are opportunities where, uh, you know, professionally, you don't really have to adhere to a, a schedule or whatever. But for the most part, if you—it's like a bus. If you want to catch a bus in Germany, anyway, the bus is always on time, so you need to be there before the bus leaves. Right. But I think what's interesting too is we we encountered as parenting. And I'm not going to call them problems, but challenges where our family members are being faced with certain either anxieties or th- they're falling into habits that we know or we recognize as parents that can't that that's not going to be good for you in the long run. And so we employ some sort of tactic to try to wean them from that habit. And the funny thing is, is like, even though Bella started becoming very regimented in terms of being on time, her little brother who then became a teenager he started being late to everything so i had to do it for him and so it worked for those two but i don't know if it would necessarily might not work for all of my children right to motivate them enough to to be on time so
0: that's interesting and you have you obviously have more than me so i mean i anna and max are so different how is it that you manage all of these different personalities I, how do how does that work <laughs> How do, uh, parent, uh, how do you parent? How do you parent that? I mean,
1: <laughs> I feel often with five children, and I know there are people who have more than five children, and and to those people, I say God bless you. And I don't know how you do it, but I feel like I'm constantly managing. Uh, I'm I'm like a trying to create democracy on an island of misfit mm-hmm. toys, right? Where <laughs> I mean, being a parent, and I, I don't know if you feel the same way with Anna and Max, but being a parent has opened my eyes to the nature versus nurture debate more than anything I've, I ever experienced in school or whatever, but trying to understand where these kind of predispositions that they have and that they were clearly born, born with meet. And like, what have I, what what kind of messed up things have I downloaded on their hard drives that, that I'm now trying to deal with? So it's impossible. To answer your question, I'm not doing a great job of managing all of the personalities. I'm just trying to I think find a way, I I think my job, if I had to like define it in in the simplest terms is to take all of those talented, able personalities and and just like Anna and Max, they have gifts that they have. They have talents that they were given um, from, you know, who knows where, but that they're gonna develop over time. And I need to find a way to facilitate and help them grow those and develop those talents as big and as great as they want to grow them. And I, I after that and 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 hopefully in the meantime you know keep them from hitting their siblings or doing other mean things or saying mean things to their siblings and other people and and raising good like baseline human beings. But yeah, I don't know. The short answer is I don't know how I'm doing it and I'm I'm not truthfully doing a very good job. They're probably raising me better than I'm raising them, but I will say I think we have one an atmosphere at my home of what can we do for our kids? Like my wife and I, we don't take a lot of vacations. We don't, you know, we don't have a lot, of, a lot of let's go buy a new car, you know, spending money. But all of our kids, like my daughters, are really, really great dancers. All of my sons, anything they want to do to kind of develop those talents or or take a chance and see if they have that talent, um, we try to facilitate those things. And so I think a supportive like parenting structure is what we're good at right now, and I don't know if we'll always be good at that. But I think we're like, yes, let's. We'll help you. You want to learn how to play soccer? Let's learn how to play. We know someone. Let's figure it out. So I think I think it's what we're doing okay right now.
0: That's really like really really beautiful. Well, thank you. That's great. I I feel like I love what you said about. And just, I think being aware that they're also sort of raising you at the same time or being aware of that, like back, that learning that they have for us and that we can learn from them and, and sort of, they're also our teachers is huge because that's not always the case (laughs) with parents. And I think that's a really good awareness because I've, I try to do that too. I don't always nail it, but.
1: Uh, I think you're doing a great job, by the way, but. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I had this moment, and I was almost thirty years old. This I have to preface the story where I was almost thirty years old, and my I had always kind of found my parents or imagined them to be infallible, right? Where they weren't learning as much from me as I could ever learn from them. They're just that was the point of like if I could go to the Encyclopedia Britannica or Google, I'm gonna go to my parents first because they know what they're talking about. Like this kind of And then, uh, you know, my mom, my dad passed away and my mom did a few things and I'm not going to, we won't go into that, but a few things where I disagreed with it fundamentally, uh, from a political standpoint, I'm just like, Whoa, I disagree with that. And I kind of walked away from my house that night and we had dinner there with my wife. And I realized like my parents, my mom, at least at this point, and I realized that my dad was the same way. They're fallible, normal human beings who are still on the spectrum of education um, where you can educate yourself and you can you can develop talents at any time in your life. And they're on that road and path as well. And so I, I think I want, I've tried more than anything with my children to let them know early and often that dad's kind of a mess up. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like he's learning on the go as well. And um, it can cause some, let's call them, healthy debates with my older children who are very, like, who are developing their own intelligence and who are intelligent themselves, but it also it helps them to understand that they can have open and honest conversations with me without feeling that, oh, I'm going to be able to say, well, you made a mistake there because I'm always right and you're always my kid, right? So I think the earlier, you and I love that you you kind of see the same thing, like, I'm, I'm working my, I'm trying my best. Because I think if your kids know you're trying your best and that you are gaining as much love and and hope and information from them as they are from, hopefully from you, um, I think it's a, a really, it's conducive to having a really healthy relationship, in my opinion.
0: I agree. Because then it's like, I think my moment of realizing how hard parenting was, was after, you know, like within the first year of having kids myself, I don't think it really clicked like what it entailed and how could it until I had kids myself. And I remember thinking like, holy crap, this is hard. And my mother had kids. I mean, I had my first child. I had my daughter when I was 27 and my mom had my brother when she was like 17. And I thought to myself, how in the world could you? (laughs) I just had so much more respect and so much more. Oh, I just kind of felt bad too, you know, like for what a hard time I gave her and all of those emotions and compassion and all of that stuff for her, because, you know, that couldn't have been easy. And it's sort of the circle of life where you have kids and then you're like, man, I was such a jerk in high school or whatever it was. But I guess that's just life, you know?
1: No, you, you, you're exactly right. Like, is even though that moment of like, my mom's not perfect came. She raised seven children in a modest home, in a modest neighborhood, and she did a great job and she supported us in so many ways. And yes, the thought of having seven children, I can't even imagine it. And So she technically, if if we're keeping score, she's she won in terms of what she was able to accomplish, child rearing um, against me, so to speak. But all the respect in the world. I don't know how she did it. I also she was uh doing certain parenting things before those parenting things were cool, which is nice to to know that, you know, she was with it. She was trying to develop herself as a parent based on the needs of her children.
0: That's amazing. What do you think like what do you hope your kids like when they look back at at this time and like look back at late notes and what you've created, what do you hope that they take away from that?
1: I hope that it instills in their lives kind of an an idea that life is serious and there's so many things about life that are hard and difficult and I think if you talk to most people you know they're like ah oh, got to go to work and there's a drudgery to a lot of what we do and if if they can take it away maybe that it's okay to be goofy it's okay to laugh and giggle and take things not so seriously all of the time of course there's a time and a place for that and I hope I can teach them that, yeah, I'm a goofball from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30, but then I'm at work at 9 and I do my job and, and then I come home and we can goof around again. But yeah, I, I, I hope they just kind of realize that, that life can be fun. Everything can be fun if you want to make it fun. Not, not everything has to be drudgery. Not everything has to be, oh, here we go again.
0: Right. Like taking your kids to school or or dealing with a late child. Yeah, I feel like that. We have similar. That was my idea when I created dope ass mom. Is I just there's so much mundane. I don't know why I said mundane. Mundane. <laughs> tasks. I like
1: mundane. I'm saying that.
0: Mundane. So much mundane stuff in in motherhood and parenting that I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, I was like, why well, I mean, this is just the worst. And and I have to be serious while I'm doing it too. Like,
1: oh, you know. Even the name itself, like dope. Uh, you're you're teaching your kids that, like, hey. This can be, yeah, we are, we're going to a recital, but there are cool things about this recital. There are dope things that we're going to experience here. Or, hey, we're going to an art museum. I know you're not super stoked, but art is dope. Let me tell you why. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you're instilling in them, an idea that, you know, there's always something to take away from, from this, and given this kind of moniker that we've carried around for a while. So I think it's really, it's really brilliant. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: Um, So outside of late notes, how do you think humor overall either has affected or helps or influenced your your parenting style? And I'm assuming that your parenting style is humor. Maybe it's not, or it has humor in it.
1: It definitely has humor in it. I'm not immune to those moments of like, oh my gosh, I I don't want to clean this up. Why did you, what have you done type thing? But one example I, I guess I would give is my son, when he was, uh, my, my seven-year-old son, Liam, was very curious. In the pantry, we had these two big five-gallon buckets of wheat because for, we grind our own wheat to make whatever. And Angie, my wife, thinks it's healthier, and it probably is. Um, but And then we had another bucket that was full of the flour that, that she would create from the actual wheat. And so he was fascinated with these things, and I never understood it. He was two years old. Always trying to get in the pantry. He couldn't reach the doorknob. So if we didn't shut, if if we shut the pantry door, we were fine. But one day we left the pantry door door open. He got the lid off these five-gallon buckets and proceeded to spread wheat and flour all over the house and make little, you know, like little piles everywhere. And just, it was, it was honestly like one of those mess nightmares where you're like, well, we should just burn the house down and move. (laughs)
0: It's like when my kids had lice,
1: just just move. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, there was a big spider downstairs, Dad well, we gotta burn the house down, so instead of i- when I came home and my you know my other boys were just playing video games, my two older boys and the girls were upstairs in theirs their rooms just kind of doing their thing, I was like, What has happened? My wife was still away, and instead of like and my son Liam looked at me with these this face of like uh oh, I've done it.' And instead of losing it, I, we just got on the ground and we started doing like little snow angels, but in the flower uh. and we did them all over the house. I mean, I had to clean the mess up anyway, but he giggled and he thought, man, you know, dodged a bullet, whatever. His face went from like, "Uh Oh, I'm in trouble too. Um, this is fun. And, and dad and I are making a memory type thing. And I remember it. I don't know if he will, he was too. Um, but, Uh, It was one of those things that kind of stuck with me that, you know, life is messy. You're going to have these, you know, piles of garbage everywhere and you can either take those piles of garbage and you can try to turn it into something that is beautiful and fun and a memory, or you can, you know, you can get angry and it's hard when you get angry. There's, you know, the lifespan of that memory is, is very finite.
0: Right, it's so true. It's like, and he also saw. I think he he probably knew, like from that that one glance of your face, that like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. So why take <laughs> it any further? You know, it's like he knew. So why make him feel like a horrible person because of it? You know, it's like that. Did you ever see um, what's that movie? Inside Out. Did you watch that movie? Oh, did you like I it? Love,
1: it's one of my favorite movies.
0: Me too. I love that movie. It's so good. I cry like a baby every time I watch it.
1: Oh yeah, I just love the it. music is really good too. That doesn't help. The message is beautiful, and then you add that beautiful music, and it's over. I know. I'm the same way. Yeah. I actually have a book. I should send you. I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna send you a book. It's. It's essentially the making of that movie um, from a, the Disney Pixar's perspective.
0: Oh, I would love that. Yeah, send me the name of the book.
1: Yeah, I will find it and I'll send it to you because it is. If you like that movie, you'll love this book. It gives you like a, a little bit of insight as to why they made the characters the way they did and, and what, you know, why they did the things they did with the movie that kind of made it. I think, I, I think it makes everyone feel more normal seeing the way they kind of, I don't know, taken the, the mind and, and illustrated it.
0: It does. It absolutely does. It makes the emotions... Um yeah like you said like more normal and it I don't know I hope that it makes people more willing to like feel them instead of like no I don't want to be this way or I don't want to be angry or I don't want to feel sad. I think it and does. Everyone. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um are there any other cuz we I know we we kind of opened this before we started recording we were talking about Best in Show which is uh-huh. also amazing. Did you is there anything else you're watching or get inspiration from like one of, some of your favorites?
1: Oh, I will consume any media. I don't sleep a lot. I like to sleep maybe three or four hours a night. And so I, I love consuming other people's creative right now. I love, I do love Shit's Creek. I think that's such a fun show.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I good.
1: love it. I love Eugene Levy and David. And I, I I think that whole cast, I mean, Catherine, she's one of the greatest, Moira Rose, Catherine O'Hara was one of the greatest actors of our time. I think she's just so good. I
0: agree. Yeah.
1: Uh, so underrated. Uh, uh, anyway, she's awesome. I just love that whole cast. Great show. I watch. We watch as a family. Probably regularly re-watch The Office. The Office is kind of a default. It's, it's a fun one. But I, I will watch and consume anything that I think has my name on it. I try to stay away from stuff that takes me too. I'm very. I'm. A, I'm very much an empath. So I I think my wife would qualify me as an a highly sensitive person an HSP, um because I I like to absorb people's you know not uh, energies right or I, I will I want to help and so I will hear all of their problems and I internalize it and it's hard for me to kind of come out of that hole sometimes so I try to steer clear of like really heavy dramas like I tried to watch Marriage Story did you watch that I did watch that yeah with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver.
0: I watched it. Yeah. It was hard. You know, what, what made it tolerable for me is that there was like a quote unquote happy ending and there were like funny parts in it. And that was the only way I was able to digest it because it was hard. It was, it was a hard one to watch for me. Yeah. I mean, from, I mean the opening, the opening scene, I was already in tears. So if that tells you anything about me.
1: (laughs) No, I, I agree with you. That's exactly how I felt. I, you know, I want to say like 35 minutes into it and the scene had just happened where they're kind of in the kitchen and she's with her sister and mom and and they're all kind of joking about about to deliver these life-changing documents and i was like so upset about that i was i was crying too i was like what is happening why is this a passe thing that you know a family is potentially you know, I don't know. It was just, it was a hard one, but I took too much on in that. And then we had to stop about halfway through. It's a it's a long movie too.
0: It is really long. I watched it in two, and I watched it like in the time between like Christmas and New Year's, you know, like how that, that can be like such a, sl- I don't know, for me, it feels sometimes like slow and heavy that time.
1: It is a heavy time. And, then to, put that,
0: right. and then to watch that on top of it.
1: Yeah, that was the wrong time to watch that it. That was
0: the wrong time. But like the first scene where they were sharing what they loved about each other and how she couldn't read hers. I was just like, and it kept striking me as like, why are they getting divorced? They like I know. love each other. Like what is happening?
1: I don't know. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. But Then you realize like also you have one life. It's very finite, right? Um, these people, they weren't happy, even though I perceived them to have the potential to be happy.
0: Right. That's the same. It's like I saw the potential.
1: You just project so much of your own life into things, and then it, it creates emotion that probably wasn't intended, but that's how it was for me.
0: Yeah, same. But it, I thought it was really, I think those Scarlett Johansson and um, what's his name? Adam Driver. Is that his name? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He was in um, Girls. That's where I first saw yeah. him. Yeah. So Before
1: Kylo Ren. And
0: yeah. Yeah. He's so a great actor.
1: He's really so good.
0: Him. I think he wrote it or produced it or something. So yeah, that was a great one. Are there any like Instagram accounts that you love to follow or or like that you get inspiration from for, for your your bits?
1: If I'm honest, if I'm totally honest, I struggle with Instagram the platform a little bit. I I feel like it it doesn't help. I have a, I have a little touch of ADHD anyway, and so it doesn't help me because there's so much. And like, I, like I said, I just go down the, the downward spiral of con- consumption, you know, faster uh, than anything on that platform. But I, I honestly, I love accounts where people are creating, creating is like my, that's my hot button. If, if someone is creating something, if they're creating a moment or an activity or, um, and, and not necessarily from a DIY stance, but if they are, in the act of not just telling me, I, I consume that, not just telling me things, but like showing me things that they are creating, whether it's for their family or for their home or for their, for themselves, artwork, whatever. Um, that, kind of, that kind of stuff really speaks to me. But it's, so to answer your question, it depends on the day because I know people, the ebbs and flows of creation, I'm the same way. Like some days I don't create something and I just post a picture of something that I saw. And then other days, I will create something. Um, but I, I tend to gravitate more towards uh, the acts of creation and the you know unique set of circumstances that I can either I can't relate to or I can relate to in certain ways that kind of bring me in. But I love so many, so many social media handles. One thing that, that is kind of from a, kind of an insecure perspective that I continually experience. Is anytime I go on social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone is so much smarter than me. Everyone is so much, you know, more artistic, so much better, so much funnier. It, like you just, it, I, I get into this comparative mindset mm, a little too mm-hmm. much. Because there are so many brilliant people out there. Well, like you, like you're doing what you're doing, and like I should, I'll, I'll probably be out, we'll get off this, and I'll say, oh, you know, I should be on a, po- a podcast. I've got lots of fun idea. You know, it's like, but I'm, I probably not gonna do that. So, I'll just be like, I'll wallow in this jealousy of like, oh, well, ass has it down. And I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know.
0: And I'll think the same thing about you. And then it's like, why? Because I, yeah, why am I not dressing up in characters in the car? I should do that. I could do that. I can. You can do a podcast if you want.
1: But that's the thing is, like, I think I get wrapped up in that comparative kind of mindset. And it's not a healthy place for me. But at the same time, I'm able to kind of, I think, adequately absolve it by saying, you know, I'm grateful that that person can do that because I enjoyed it. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that perspective. So with that being said, what do you hope for your platform? What do you, where do you see it going? What are your like hopes for it? And what do you see it, see it being maybe the same or different in in five years? What's your, what's your goal for
1: it? I don't know. I, I want to. I, I have a lot of ideas for content that I, you know, I write down in, in those you know moments, quiet moments, wherever you are, and reflective times. And I want to create more. I have some things that probably are more suited for different social media types or, or video site platforms like YouTube and um, you know TikTok type stuff.
0: Uh, TikTok. I, we yeah. didn't talk about TikTok.
1: I just barely started TikTok, and I just record my son basically every day dancing a little uh-huh. bit.
0: My daughter is obsessed with TikTok. Like, uh, she and when I try to do a TikTok, she's like, "Mom, that's so cringe." That's so <laughs>
1: cringe. <laughs> so cringe. I get that as well. So
0: cringe.
1: So cringe.
0: That should be my handle. So cringe. At so cringe. <laughs>
1: that's so cringe. Maybe that's going to be my podcast. At so cringe podcast. Oh, okay. I
0: love that. Yeah, you can have it. I love uh,
1: it. Thank you. I'll. Uh, I'm I if I do. I'll. will t- ask permission first. But. No,
0: you can have it. I have a. I have a knack for helping people, with like coming up with names. Like I always name people's books, or like I'm like that should be your book title, or that should be your
1: oh, thing. What a so. great talent.
0: So cringe is yours.
1: So cringe is mine. Um, I think what I want to have happen. I don't know. I. I think the moment that it stops being fun for others and primarily for my children the moment it becomes so cringe for my children is probably the moment that i would say you know it was fun i had a great time and i was able to share a lot of our personality with the world um but i'm hoping to continue to build it so i don't have to say oh this has become so cringe i hope to continue to evolve both my comedy My writing, whatever it is that I have, you know, in my back pocket, to the point where whatever it is, it's a positive thing for everyone. Because I, I mean, I feel I, I know you feel the same way. I have moments where, well, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. Maybe you don't feel this way, but I have moments where I'm like, you know, what? I should just delete the account and be done with it. You know, and because it is a distraction in some ways, and maybe it's after a day that was, I felt very overwhelmed with everything, and I felt that it was indeed a distraction, and. And less of a positive and more of a negative, and I think that's normal. But I battle that, and I have these down times, and I I am also a person with anxiety who lives with anxiety, and and like like I said, HSP or whatever my wife called it, and uh, you have those moments where you're like I don't want to do anything right now. I just want to be, I want to I want to recharge alone, or I want to whatever. Um, and I think that's okay. And I w- what's great about the social media world, and I've come to understand this is my audience is okay with that. They're okay with those downtimes, and they do miss me. Like they'll say, Oh, there was no, you, you didn't do a carpool or we missed carpool. Um, or we, we, we haven't heard from you for a while. And, and I appreciate that. Um, it, it comes with a little pressure that sometimes is hard to engage with, but nothing is better though than having people say, oh, well, we hope you're okay. We miss you. You know, look forward to your next content. And I think that's what's so beautiful, beautiful about this world is my mom might not say that all the time. She might not even know what happens in my life for two months in a row, but I have other people who are sharing their concern for me and my well-being and my family, um, on a daily basis. And they're genuine people and they're, they have their own lives. And I don't know, it's just a beautiful thing. So I just hope to continue to spread positivity and and the moment it doesn't become that for people and and for my family specifically, you know, I'll kind of cross that bridge when I get there. But I think I think there's a way. The social media is never going away, right? No, it's not changing. In fact, it's just evolving into different things, and that's why I'm on TikTok because I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, and my daughter, my daughter's on TikTok all the time. Like you said, it's so cringe, Dad, but it's not going anywhere. So I, I want to find a make a way to make every single platform that my children and potentially their children's children are are involved with a positive thing for myself as well.
0: And also I think we're probably better, our children, it's certainly not going away for our children. So what better way to know them and to, you know, stay with them through this journey in a way is to know it ourselves. You know, like there's so many times where I felt like, Oh, they don't really understand because they're not doing it, but we're doing it too. So it's sort of like, yeah, I get that. Like my daughter will say, you know mom I'm doing this thing where I um on TikTok I'm getting new followers so I follow small accounts and then they follow me back and it's like I have that that barometer to be like oh yeah I did that one time but you know what I found out is better than doing that is actually engaging with people and actually knowing that my worth doesn't come from the followers or the likes and just actually enjoying what I'm creating instead of worrying about getting followers or getting likes and she's like oh okay. You know, I can tell she's sort of like, part of her is like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But part of it's sinking in as well. And so I think by being on these platforms alongside our children, maybe we're, we're helping them a little bit, knowing that actually maybe we do understand some of the things they're going through in these things.
1: I think that's, you hit the nail on the head too. There's not a class in school, but like they'll teach them biology and math and finance. Well, hopefully finance more and more in the future, but none of those things exist to teach social media and how to engage with social media. And so it becomes the parent's responsibility to teach their children how to use it in a healthy way and how to engage with others in a healthy way and how to comment because it's permanent. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere. As much as it cringes me to say, it is you know the videos with my shirt off and doing weird things, or they're gonna live forever on the internet somewhere. And that's I have to be okay with that, and and so teaching our children the finality of it is also I think a really it's a very good point you made. It's like there needs to be something as some handholding, um, and then they help us on the on on the flip side. Like my daughters have taught me more about you know what I shouldn't should, and should be, shouldn't be doing than you know, most people. So. Right?
0: Yeah, I am. I for one am so glad that social media did not exist
1: <laughs> when uh, I was I growing want. up.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Holy crap. Yes. I'm so glad I did some stupid things. So I'm glad it's not online forever.
1: Yeah, me too. I, uh, there's some, th- <laughs> I'll you- leave
0: those out of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: there are some things where I'm like, even thinking back, I, I think, Oh man, you know, you'll be talking with your friends. You'll be like, Oh Matt, remember that one time we insert it ridiculously stupid story here. And then he'll say, Oh yeah. So-and-so from school, reminded me about that the other day and i will say something like wait so and so from school saw us doing that also so it's that was social media back then was like did anyone else see this
0: exactly exactly and even if they did then they told the story and you didn't know like how much of it was true and now it's like no watch this video you know (laughs) it's like no actually it's right here let me send you the link
1: (laughs) so (laughs) yes that's yeah that's the crazy part (laughs)
0: That's the crazy
1: thing. Oh my! Well, and and the fact that we're voluntarily putting it out there, right? Instead of exactly, somebody else.
0: I think, yeah, it's like, what am I? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. There's some things maybe that I've, you know, and and as my kids get older, thinking about what's going to embarrass, you know, is this going to embarrass them if I share this about them? Is this going to embarrass them down the road? Will this embarrass them now? Like sometimes my son's like, please don't post that, and he's seven. And I'm like, okay, I won't. I, I won't post that, you know?
1: Yeah, I, oh man. i yeah, to go back to that, I'm grateful social media didn't exist when I was a high yeah. I,
0: <laughs> I hope I don't make you relive stories for the rest of the afternoon in your
1: head. <laughs> well, I think, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's all healthy. It's all good. Yeah. Life yeah. Know, this is a learning experience. So, for
0: sure. That is, that. I think that's the perfect uh thing to end on if anything life is a learning experience right
1: yes well, andrea thank you so much
0: yeah this was so you. fun i loved our conversation um i knew you were hilarious and um it was it was such a refreshing and honest and just meaningful conversation and i can't wait to share it with everyone so thank you so much
1: right back at you i i, I feel validated and I'm, I'm happy that you know we're because I, I, I really, I like I said, I really love what you do. I, I think it's, I admire it greatly. I wish I could do it like you do it. Um, I have to, like you said, kind of resign myself to acting a fool and being in a costume to do some of the things that you're able to do without. So I admire that greatly. And I'm, I'm trying to get there. We'll get there over time, hopefully, maybe a little bit.
0: I think we all have our different ways. And the way you're doing it is touching people in a different way than what I'm doing. So I think that's, I think it's
1: okay, you know? I think you should own it. Yeah, I I am. I'm owning. I'm definitely owning it. I don't think I would go to the trouble (laughs) if it is. Uh, Yeah. I think about the fact that you saw Stephon yesterday. I'm like, oh, geez. You know, just because everyone. Yeah, the fact that people I really like admire are watching it, and then they're like, oh, I saw Stephon yesterday. I'm like, you know, you or my boss, and it's like, and how did you feel yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> trying to stay professional?
0: That's right. I get, I get it from my trainer. I work out with a trainer and he'll be like, I saw your stories or he'll say the last thing he said to me was, um, my birthday was last weekend. And he was like, I didn't see any stories on your birthday. It must've been a really good night. You know, like he'll say stuff like that. Like, cause if I'm, you know, if I'm having a lot of fun, usually my stories are dark. So, um, and he knows that about me. Yeah. Because I just, you know, I tune out. I'll just, I'm having so much fun, so I won't necessarily post. It's a, it's an interesting, you know. Of course, I post from having fun, but if I if I reach that next level, it's usually not on my Instagram.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. That is interesting that you, when you're kind of, yeah, in the thick of fun and happiness, you kind of recede from it. And I, what I, mine is more. You know, when I'm feeling more anxious and a little more sad, I kind of receive. Right?
0: I do t- I do that too. And I've recently given myself, because I used to post every single day, no matter what. Yeah. And in some ways that was helpful to me because it sort of created this pattern. But then once I did that for about a year, I've kind of given myself permission to just not do it if I don't feel Yeah, like you
1: need it. to give yourself more grace your, yeah. from yourself. It's crazy. Right. It's hard, though. I I understand where you're coming from. There's that there's that outside pressure of people who are like, we love you. Please do this. Right. And yeah, it's not always easy. Sometimes you need to just recharge.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Seth. This was so awesome. Thank you for taking time out of your work day to do this. And I really, really appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun talking to you. I'm sure my listeners are going to absolutely love you after this. So I really appreciate it.
1: I hope so, but I I love talking with you. I appreciate you having me on and this has been an honor for me. So best of luck and let me know if I can ever do anything or be on again. I love, I love, love what you do.
0: Okay, awesome. You too. Thank you, Seth.
1: All right, thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: This podcast was produced by Dante 32.